Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. It remains your number one spot for NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing. It doesn't matter. Every single prop, every single play, every single point, it's all at Bet Online. When it comes to bets, when it comes to props, everything that you need is at your headquarters for sports betting. That's Bet Online. Head to the website right now, use your mobile device, sign up, get a 50, that's 50% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, that's BLEAV, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Come on, there's no need to hesitate. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's get down to business. An active lifestyle can cause hemorrhoids. That sucks. Lucky for you, they're south of the border. South of the border is a holistic approach to dealing with the affected area. Go to southoftheborder.com, use code AHOLE, A-H-O-L-E, get yourself 30% off. That's pretty rad. And this is not an area of your body you want to put bad ingredients in. Make sure you turn to South of the Border. Southoftheborder.com, code AHOLE. Hear what these celebrities are saying about the Mikey Likes You podcast. Quaaludes! <laughs> McGillicuddy, where's my oatmeal? He <clears throat> fucked my wife. I am uh, not impressed with his uh, performance. Jew! He owes me $25,000. Piss! Don't just take their word for it. Download, subscribe, like, and comment today. Hello, everybody! Welcome to the Mikey Likes You podcast. I am Michael Catherwood. I'm the Mikey who likes, and you are you who is liked. Elegant system. Works out very well. A couple things I'd like to get out of the way before we get down to business. Actually, I'd like to handle the business before we get down to the fun. Uh, Thank you to Bet Online, who has been with me since the very beginning, the very first day of me ever doing this podcast, which I did by accident, which I did kind of out of boredom. Uh, But they were like, hey, we'll we'll support you. Um, Means a lot. Thank you to Bet Online. The only place you need to go on the internet when it comes to uh, sports information and betting. And thank you to First Detachment, who was uh, really like the first mm, organically set up uh, sponsor and has, has stuck with me. And I've turned a lot of people on to their amazing products. I really respect what they do. First off, veteran owned and run. And they make exclusively useful, meaningful nutritional supplements. And a lot of them are very expensive. And I know that's not very good marketing for me. Um, But what I mean by that is the nutritional supplement world is a world that's rife with snake oil salesmen and people who will sell you a lot of things that are built on promises because it's the Wild West. And there's very little regulations about what you can claim about your product and what it actually does. So people are making an exorbitant amount, I mean, really a vulgar amount of money on stuff that really isn't that useful. Whereas First Attachment is charging you premium prices for premium things that are effective and wildly useful for uh, your health, your performance, and your appearance. So thank you to First Attachment. Use code MIKE10 if you are interested. And thank you to South of the Border. 
south of the border. An excellent company that is using holistic uh, products to apply to the affected area if you happen to have hemorrhoids. And I know that sounds weird, like a left turn, but one of the main ways you can develop hemorrhoids is from engaging in ac- athletic activity, especially athletic activity or hard work that puts a lot of pressure on your trunk and your and your uh, you know your pelvic girdle. And what is that? That's a lot of, you know, moving furniture, manual labor, but of course, lifting weights as well. So, you know, grapplers, weightlifters, bodybuilders, the, these are people who oftentimes have to deal with hemorrhoids. And if you wanted an awesome bouncer for your, your butthole club, that is south of the border. And the ingredients are great. And you can apply them to the most absorbent part of your body and not worry about it. And of course, finally, last but not least, thank you to Giorgio, who helps make this show a reality and help makes it look and sound fantastic. I couldn't do it without him. I don't know. It's weird talking about you as if you're not right next to me. It's also weird that you literally sometimes do it without me. Yeah. (laughs) So you just start off lying to these people. These these wonderful people who... No, but I don't do it with nice microphones and cameras and stuff without you. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's true. Okay. There you go. Um, Honor restored. So I I want to talk today about um, simplifying a lot of what is super complicated and overly complex. What I mean by that is like the fitness world, the nutrition world is really, really confusing today, more so than ever. It's always been something that's very confusing to people trying to get in shape, trying to be fit. Those terms in and of themselves are nebulous. They're they're very confusing. What do you mean by fit? By what metrics are we measuring? What do you mean by in shape? What metrics are we measuring? Are, does your body look good? Do you have low blood pressure? Do you run a six-minute mile? Do you deadlift twice your body? You know what I'm saying? Like the terms fit in shape. These are all very confusing, very nebulous things. And when you add in the internet, chat rooms, Reddit, social media, um, it only becomes more confusing because you're getting tons and tons of information and you have no real regulation to what that information may be, how good or bad that information may be. And it, and it burdens you. It's, it's that um, decision fatigue that comes with having too much. So I wanted to oversimplify things so that you can make more well-informed choices for yourself. That is going to be the overarching point and theme for today's episode. 
I like to call it lifting the big rocks. I stole that from Stan Efferding, and a man in the fitness industry that I couldn't endorse more. I uniformly endorse him. I think you should look him up in his nutrition training and overall health information is uh, quite good. But also, he's, he's a, Stan is a thinker, and I worked personally with him. Uh, paid him the money to coach me over a period of time as I've worked with other people and it's helped me become better at my job, right? But Stan is a guy who is a, there's not a time and a place where he's just copying and pasting things because it's supposed to be right. That is very, very commonplace, not only in health and fitness, but in, in life today. People believe things because they're supposed to. Right, you're you're a uh, Republican, therefore you're supposed to be pro police. I I don't have a, a dog in that fight. I'm I'm not a partisan guy, but but you understand what you're you're a liberal. You grew up in Manhattan. You you go to college and you are 19. You are a Democrat, right? You haven't really thought that through. It's just that's. This is what I'm supposed to think, right? And that goes, that happens a lot. I'm, uh, I saw it the other day, the, uh, you know, this, this girl. I, I said, well, are you, I wasn't busting chops either. I'm not a, like a, like an alpha male guy. Uh, but I said, so are you a feminist? She is, I said, yeah. I go, okay, how so? She said, well, I'm, I'm a female, I was like, well, I'm going to need more than that. What what makes you do you do you believe passionately about the gender pay gap or, you know, more gender diversity and positions of power? She's like, "No, I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a female." <laughs> and she was sincere. She was sincere. I'm not making fun of her. She's just like, "This is what I'm supposed to say, right?" So, you know, we get that uh, we have that kind of way of thinking too is that you just say i i i'm eating more vegetables now so i'm i'm healthier i don't eat any carbs so i'm i'm healthier right i'm jo- i'm going to do the la marathon i'm i'm making a healthy choice but really it's all just your belief you're just towing that line right you haven't taken the time to 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 really think about it and so if you're going to take the time to really think about it you want to make sure you focus on things that are absolutely unequivocally 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 important the big stones the big rocks you want to lift those big rocks uh i'm also going to debut a new segment today one that i think is going to carry me into the top tier of entertainment, and that is Ask a Boomer. Ask a Boomer, and let me get this, let me like really put this into, like into a really accurate framework here, because here's another example of us just saying things without even really looking into it. I'm not a fucking boomer. The term, I'm old, I'm not trying to deny that I'm not a young, hip kid. But boomers are baby boomers that were born in the baby boom 
after World War II, when GIs came back after this valiant, triumphant victory in World War II and started humping. So you saw from the late 40s on this incredible spike in in birth the baby boomers i am not 80 years old i'm not a ba- i'm not 75 plus which would make me a bit i'm 44 i'll be 45 in a month i'm old but i'm not a boomer but today's vernacular i'm a boomer right so i mean you're barely gen x you're almost a millennial you Dude, is pass, that true? You could pass as a millennial, I believe. No. Isn't millennial mean you're born... 81 to 96. Dude, I'm barely not a millennial. I know. That's true. I was born in 79. You're almost part of the problem. I was born in 79. That's true. But I've been... You know how they have the store Forever 21? I'm Forever 80. When I was 16, I was 80. The punk rock lifestyle will do that to you. But not even that, not even like the aging of it. I was, in my mind, I was always old. I was like, that doesn't sound fun. I do it anyway because I wanted to be cool or look cool to people. But I, my mind frame was always like, no, nah, like, we don't, when you want to play shuffleboard, you want to play chess, you want to go watch Three's Company, I'm, that's it for me. You were oddly at home at a Cracker Barrel. Fuck yeah. I love Cracker Barrel. I love, I love people under 10. And over 75. That's my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, and when I say I love people under 10, I don't mean, you know, I'm not Jared from Subway. Uh, who also, by the way, the grossest. We were talking about the grossest guys, the like the dad uh, from 7th Heaven last episode. We were talking about that. I'm not, I, no. But Jer- Jared from Subway may be the worst he may be the worst out of all of them and didn't it come out that he was like still doing ads from the can or something that actually i i, I kind of support that <laughs> if he was still like hear it hear it like Folsom, i eat a six inch sub every day look at me i'm continue to lose weight i've had jerome you know drop 10 inches of bottom out my asshole every morning but on top of that i'm losing weight um <laughs> uh i all right so i'm gonna debut ask a boomer and i'm going to tease i'm going to tease another segment that i'm going to debut next episode and it is called mikey likes you champion of the week I was watching an old rerun of Bill O'Reilly when he used to be have the O'Reilly factor. And he had these uh, uh, Patriots of the week, you know? Are they punks or Patriots or something like that? Like, And he would highlight like someone who's, you know, some lib. He would be like, oh, look at this lib. And he would dunk on them, right? You know, it's a Bill O'Reilly way. But then he would also have like this Patriot, right? You know, it would usually be like someone... It's undeniable. Maybe some war hero or uh, someone who's like 
giving to charity, like devoting their life to charity or adopted like 20 kids, you know, to, to make sure that their community was getting by and stuff, you know, so someone, a public school teacher who is like really committed, a really someone you can't deny. Right. But then he would have like his like punk of the week, his like anti-patriot would be like a Senator who voted against, you know, some gun law. And he's like, look at this idiot. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm fascinated by most people, most of the people I'm really fascinated by that I really want to get to know. If, you know, when you're a broadcaster, people are always like, who would you, who is the fi- your favorite person to interview, you know? And who would you kill to interview? And most people would say like, oh, like Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, you know? I, I want to interview like the girls from Two Girls for One Cup. That would be a home run. Okay, my favorite person to interview. Uh, honestly, this is not a joke. Up there in the top three was the girl from the first Human Centipede. She was the act, the cute actress from Human Centipede, and I was fascinated by her. I don't give a shit about celebrities or uh, politicians, and, and I, I was fascinated because. Not only was she in Human Centipede, so I was like, I need to know about that set. I need to know about how many takes when you first put lips to ass. But also, I was like, tell me about calling. I said, is your are your parents alive? She said, yes. I said, are they still together? She said, yes. I said, so you're out in L.A. and you get a gig and you get to call your parents. Because I'm sure it's hard. It's hard. You move out to L.A. You try to make it. You finally get a major motion picture. You're the star. One of the co-stars. Because Dr. Hader is... He's like Daniel Day-Lewis to me. He's the greatest actor. He's the star. But she was the co-star. Lead. And you call your parents and you're like, Mom and Dad did it. I got a movie. I booked a film. Major motion Studio film amazing honey tell us about it just crazy scientist (laughs) and my car breaks down and we run to his house and he sews my asshole to this japanese dudes he sews my asshole to another girl's mouth and he sews my mouth to a japanese dude's ass and then he makes one continuous digestive track so there's gonna be shit in my mouth what do you think, mom and dad? I Please break that down for me. I needed to know. I needed to know. So I'm, my point being that I f- am fascinated by weird people and I want to know about them. Those people exist and I want to highlight those people. Next week on the debut of Mikey Likes You Champion of the Week, we're going to talk about lead singer of Anal Cunt. Seth Putnam, fucking lunatic. All you dudes out there who think you're an edgelord, who you go online, you dunk on people, and you can say wacky things to people and pull your prank. This guy was, this guy made Gigi Allen go, oh my God, dude, relax a little bit. His band is anal cunt. His side projects were full-blown AIDS, Adolf Satan, (laughs) 
<laughs> Impaled northern moon forest. Shit scum. This is these are the band names. Let alone Pale Northern Impaled Moon. Northern Moon Forest. That was his black metal project. <laughs> That's the band names. Do you want to know? Most of the song names are so bad I can't say them. YouTube would would rape me. But my favorite. <laughs> My favorite song title by Anal Cunt is my favorite black metal band is Living Color. For those of you who get it, my favorite black metal band is Living Color. All right, so let's get to it. I'm going to debut that next week. Mikey Likes You, Champion of the Week. Seth Putnam, number one. I'm also going to show you the guy who lived in Toys R Us for three years. You heard me correct. He lived in Toys R Us for three years. I have to highlight that man. Okay? There's, there's a collection of people, and I encounter them, and I become fascinated with them. And they are my champions of the week. All right. I'm going to debut Ask a Boomer right now. Are you ready? (laughs) Ask a Boomer. I'm not really a boomer, but you can call me that because you use fucking internet lingo. That doesn't mean anything, but we've collectively agreed that a boomer is someone who's over 30 or some shit like that. And I'm a boomer, so you can ask me if you're a young person. First question comes from KK, beautiful young man from right here in the Lone Star State, the great state of Texas. What is your question, KK, for me, the boomer? Why does Steamboat Willie name Steamboat Willie and not Mickey Mouse? Because he's basically the same thing. For a 10-year-old boy, that's an incredibly good question. You would think most 10-year-olds would be like, poopy, papa, poopy, pee, pee, caca. Um, but, you know, very ironically, got my Mickey Mouse t-shirt on here. Or let's just say it's Steamboat Willie, so I don't get in trouble with Disney. But that's a really good question because in 1928, there was a cartoon called Steamboat Willie, and it was made by the Walt Disney Corporation. But Steamboat Willie, the character, was was Mickey Mouse. It was exactly the same thing. Um, and it all has to do with copyrights because that was not the first animated appearance of Mickey Mouse. He had, he had prior to that been in two or three different small animated projects. But... For some reason, that film, they, under copyright, put the name licensed as Steamboat Willie. Um, And it was a huge, huge ordeal to then try to backtrack and get the licensing for the name Mickey Mouse, which they did after that. And that is why from, from that moment on, from that cartoon on, that character was named Mickey Mouse, but it was all legal mumbo jumbo and business mumbo jumbo it had nothing to do with any of the decisions creatively in the walt disney uh company now ironically uh coincidentally i'm wearing a mickey mouse t-shirt here but also um as of january 
1st, 2024, mere weeks ago, Steamboat Willie became public domain. The copyright ran out for Steamboat Willie. So what that means is you can literally take the image of Mickey Mouse and use it as a logo for any company, any design, any show, anything you want. And as long as you call it Steamboat Willie, the Walt Disney industry can do nothing about it. It's very interesting. It's a very, John Oliver did a piece about this, and I recommend you check it out because it is quite fascinating. I have to assume Walt Disney now, currently, is really upset about this. And there's a, going to be a Steamboat Willie movie. I, I saw a trailer for it coming out soon where... It's not a Disney film, and the, the, the main character's Mickey Mouse. It's great, but they're calling it Steamboat Willie. It's really weird, like, what's going to happen with this, and I'm, I'm very interested to see. And it's a really good question, so thank you for asking me that. In the future, Ask a Boomer is going to be filled. It's just going to be a litany of questions. I have no fucking idea how to answer them. But that was a good one, and luckily, it's something that I'm really interested in. I've always been fascinated with not only animation, but with kids programming. So it's something that I happen to have some level of understanding about. Um, if you are a young person, I'm going to say, look, if you're under 30 and you want to be featured on Ask a Boomer, please let me know at Mike Catherwood on Instagram. At Mikey Likes You One, the number one on Instagram for the show profile. Send me your questions. Send me a video. Please, I would love to answer your questions or solicit me there on either at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey Likes You One. And uh, maybe I'll give you an email account that you can just send a nice video to. I'm open. If you've ever wanted to ask an old fart a question, but you were too embarrassed to ask someone that you know, or if it's just a stupid question and you don't want to look like a stupid shithead, ask a stupid old shithead, because I won't judge. But thank you. That was the very first. Thank you to KK as well. That was a, that was a very good question. And a, what a handsome little boy you are. Uh, and... Let's move on. So, Giorgio, I'm going to talk about all the things that I think really matter when someone wants Whether you are shredded to the bone and you want to continue being shredded to the bone and that dude or that chick where you put up videos of yourself or pictures of yourself all the time and people are like, oh, my God. What she, things? Huh? The small things? Not, not those small things. The big things. The big things. The big things like your your thick Greek puzzo. They call Giorgio's cock Odysseus because it's strong, big, and Greek. <laughs> I'm here trying to think back on the Iliad right now to make a reference to that. <laughs> it's so strong and resilient and big and Greek. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yo, there's... Whether you're already in shape and you want to continue doing that, whether you are someone who just desperately wants it, because that's another thing. I really, more so than ever, in 2002, I was a personal trainer, like an actual practicing personal trainer, right? And I didn't like doing it. 
Not because I don't like people, because I do. I'm, a, I'm actually probably, I'm the annoying guy you sit next to on a plane and starts talking to you. I love it. I love people. But because when you're a personal trainer in a big gym, and I was actually at a really nice gym. It was Gold's Gym in Pasadena. But the lion's share of your clients are not people who actually want to get in shape. They say they want to get in shape. And they do the they dress up like they want to get in shape, right? They get personal trainers. But nine out of ten clients I would have would spend 45 minutes out of the hour there chit-chatting or saying, I don't want to do that. I'd be like, How are you eating? And they'd be like, oh, I, I had pizza last night, washed it down with a six pack and uh, Chinese food for lunch today. And uh, you'd be like, Okay, so, so, this is just like a great way to kill an hour a couple times a week. If that's if it is, it's fine. I had one Armenian girl, she's very sweet. Oh, God, what was her name? This is, you're, you're talking 23 years ago, and I've still, God, what was her name? Very sweet girl. But she would be, she was honest. Perfect makeup. She'd show up, hair done. She's like, I don't make me fucking sweat. And I'm going to eat whatever I want. And I was like, I like you. You're, I, I, there's no, she was not faking the funk. It was awesome. Just giving you money. Yes. <laughs> and she said, she said it. She was like, I just, she's like, sometimes it's like getting your nails done. I don't really need to get my nails done. It's just like, I can hang out and get, be pampered and someone will talk to me. And I go, fuck. Awesome. This blows my mind right now. Yeah. Now she was not the only one. She was the, the, just the most honest. She was the most honest. I had this other client. It was a lady. She was actually really, really attractive. Uh, Milfy. Older woman, because I remember at the time I was like 22, 23. She was probably in her mid 40s. She's probably my age now. Asian woman, um, very attractive and not at all fat, but she was not like, she had never exercised. She was just naturally thin, as I'm, I'm assuming a lot of Asian women are. Um, and she was not like she didn't overeat. She was very, very successful too in business. And I think they carried up. She was a very disciplined person, but she, she hated exercise. She hated like physically exerting herself, but <laughs> she asked me about, she's like, well, what do I do for nutrition? So I break her down. I, we go after we train one day and we were having, you could walk to like the Starbucks from gold gym and, uh, Pasadena. And I gave her some like basic nutritional stuff, you know? Like, I was like, don't, none of this restrictionist stuff, like low carb, you know, low fat, just like find a balance, up your protein a bit. You doesn't have to be crazy. You're not a bodybuilder, but up your protein. It'll help with your metabolism. It'll help you kind of curb cravings. Look for really good, solid sources of protein, like whole eggs and meat. And She's like, cool, cool. She comes back next session, like a week later. She goes, I got to talk to you. Yeah, all right, what's up? She's like, I take Ambien, you know. I have trouble sleeping. I go, okay, cool. She goes, not cool. What happened? And she looks genuinely concerned. She's like, I was going to boil some eggs for my breakfast the night before. I get home from work put on like four eggs and I'm going to boil them. That way I can have a couple whole eggs and I can take the whites off and I can eat them away. And I was like, nice. Okay. I don't see the problem here. She's like, just hold on. She goes, well, I'm boiling the eggs. I drank a bottle of wine and I took my Ambien. 
and I passed out and I left the stove on and I burned my kitchen down and I almost burned my whole fucking house down. <laughs> and I said, what? She said, yeah, I woke up just fire alarms. My whole kitchen's in flames. I called 911 immediately. Like they got there. I, I tried to, I had my little kitchen, uh, fire extinguisher and I put, started, shh. So, but my kitchen's done. And I said, you, you're so lucky that your house didn't burn down. You're so lucky you're not dead. She goes, I know. And I said, well, how is this my fault? She's like, you told me I need to be eating eggs. I was like, no, I know. But that's a long, that's a long jump to, I drank a bottle of wine and took Ambien and almost burned my house down that I recommended eggs as a nutritious, nutritious. Why am I fucking today? Nutritious protein source. But that was, that was me being a personal trainer. Then another chick asked me to put a baby in her, which was crazy. She gave me 30, she offered me $35,000 to impregnate her. Dr. Drew loves this story. This is one of Dr. Drew's favorite, my Paris Pooh story and this story. So there's this now, now, now we're talking like flaming hot older woman. I'm 23, 24. She, I, like, I had already noticed her around the gym because she's fucking crazy attractive. I don't know. I, I will say, like, she was one of those girls that you see at the gym, one of those people you see at the gym enough that I would, like, go, hey, what's up when I see her? But I don't know her. I don't know. I've never had a conversation with her. And she walks up to me one day and she goes, hey, can I talk to you? Did you just get here? I said, kind of. I'm, like, halfway done. She goes, how much longer do you think your workout is? I said, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes. She goes, when you're done, do you think we could maybe go get a cup of coffee or so? I just have something I want to run by you. And I, I don't know her. Okay. And I'm like, sure. Okay. And uh, excuse you. And so I finished my workout and I find her. She's like sitting like by like the juice bar, you know? And we walk across the street to that same Starbucks and I'm sitting there and she says, I'm, I've gotten to a level of success in my career. I'm really proud of, and I have a lot of stability in my life, but I, I don't have a relationship. I haven't been, and I really want to have a child. Now I'm a me and 24, 23. I'm making fart jokes for a living. And trying to supplement my income by personal, like I'm, I'm a fucking animal. So the whole time I'm like, where is this going? And she said, I see you around the gym and people like you, they talk, I, I, I have to tell this like exactly how I remember, but I, I don't want to sound like a, a shithead, but she said, and, and people like you and you're, 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 you're smiley all the time and you seem happy. And genetically I, I I think you are very attractive you have a lot of like good genes and stuff so now I'm really like what the fuck is happening right now and she said you won't have anything you don't have any responsibilities with the child you could sign a contract and I will pay you I would like you to impregnate me 
And I said, do I get to fuck it into you? Great question. Right? I didn't know if I jer- like jerked off in a Petri dish or something. I could have said, do we? Do I get to have sex? I go, do I get to fuck it into you? And I'm a crude guy that's going for jokes a lot. Even that, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh my, what? And she looked like, well, maybe I should rethink this. I was like, I'm sorry. How, what is the means by which I will impregnate you? And she said, we'll discuss that. And I said, how much are you, like, what are you talking here? Because if she goes like a million dollars, I'd, I'd be like, okay. But she said it was, you know, 30, 30 or $35,000, right? Now I'm struggling. I'm making $19,000 at K-Rock. Okay. I just got engaged. That sounded like, and that's tax free. That's out the door. That's a gift. It's 35, 30, $35,000. And to, to blow a load, which is like, and she's like really hot, genuinely hot. And I said, I'm gonna have to sleep on this. I'm really, first off, I'm really flattered, but I, I got to think about this. So I didn't, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't talk to my fiance. I didn't, I didn't say a word. And I went home and I thought about it and I said, I can't imagine there being my kid out there and me not having a part in his or her life. I can't imagine that. And then, like, you know, Facebook came out, like, right after that. You know, MySpace was kind of kicking around. And I would totally be, like, looking at pictures. Till, still to this day, I'd be driving myself crazy. Then I'd try to get involved in the kid's life. I, I, and so I said no. And she was cool about it. But So that was my life as a fucking personal trainer. Let me get back to the whole point of this goddamn – I'm sorry. But let me get back to the, I think at least that was an entertaining story. So let me get back to the point. When you're, when you're beat to shit with just too much information and you have actual motivation, you're a highly uh, motivated, enthusiastic party that wants to get the job done. And now you're given way too many instructions on how to get the job done. It's a disaster. And I feel bad. I genuinely, sincerely feel bad for the people who want it. And you're just you're just so handcuffed by the fact that the internet has overburdened you with information. A lot of it not, not necessarily either A, not useful, B, worthless, or C, downright counterproductive. So I'm going to go and take my friend Stan Efferding's term the big rocks and tell you how to lift the big rocks and what those big rocks are all right big rock number one sleep you got to sleep and you got to sleep consistently and you got to sleep soundly i know what you may be saying i'm 22 and i'm young and i'm in college and i have a job and i got i get it there can be those times especially when you are young when you got to sacrifice that lord knows i can understand when i was young i was not sleeping at all and that was just the way it was i had to 
pay my rent and I had to do what I had to do. And I worked in industries that oftentimes had me working at night and very early in the morning. I get it. But that can't be the norm. And if you are not sleeping right now because you're staring at your phone right up to the point that you go try to put yourself to sleep, and if you just fall asleep looking at your phone and you're having caffeine at 10 p.m. when you want to go to bed at midnight, like there's no one else to blame but yourself and make that as much of a priority as your training has become. It is absolutely that important and it absolutely will make that much of a difference. There has to be absolute balance between your output and your input. If you get out of balance with your recovery as far as your output, it's going to be a bad thing. And your recovery is so largely dictated by how much and how high quality your sleep is. I can't properly even give you like a detailed analysis. But all of the meaningful hormonal changes and chemical changes that happen in your body when you're losing body fat, when you're gaining muscle, are happening when you're sleeping. They can be elicited by your training, obviously. You know, you're not going to get hypertrophy from just high-quality sleep. There needs to be that stimulus, the mechanical tension applied to the muscle cells and stuff like that. But you're not growing when you're applying that mechanical tension. You're growing when your body's recovering. You're losing body fat when you're, you know, when you're dieting, when you're actively dieting, when you take that uh, ribeye and you replace it with sirloin and you cut it into 10 ounces or whatever it is, you're not actively eating that losing body fat. You're, those are the processes that are happening when your body kicks into uh, shutoff mode. And if you're compromising your ability to go into shutoff mode, all those other processes are then compromised. So sleep has to be prioritized. The next one is training. And I can't stress this enough, but the amount of actual training that is meaningful for you to change the way you look is so much smaller than most people think that I hate to see people waste their energy, which is a resource. It is a commodity that is, it's not infinite. Your energy systems, aerobic, anaerobic, and your ATP system, they do get taxed. So if you're spending so much energy six days a week doing dumbbell, uh, you know, dumbbell tricep kickbacks and booty band workouts, that's going to compromise from your ability two or three times a week to do meaningful training. And the guys who I I, I work with almost to a T, when I program like three days a week full body resistance training and walking. They asked me, hey, hey, can I do this program twice a week? And I go, you can. It would be stupid. And if you feel like you want to, you're not training hard enough. You're not. Because what you need to understand is that muscle growth, fat loss, these, these things, these beneficial factors that come from training, they come from those two to three reps. Usually like two reps, if you're really training hard, to when you are moving, let's say it's bench press, you're moving the bar and it is at this pace for five, six, involuntary slowing of the bar path, involuntary slowing of the positive portion of the movement, 
seven, you're pushing as fast and as hard as you can, and it's still moving like that. And then eight to where your body gives out. Six, seven, and eight are the only reps that matter. Do you understand that? So the amount of mechanical tension, the amount of cellular activity that happens in those in those reps, where you're getting to two, one, and zero reps in reserve. Those are where mechanical tension is highest and actually has value into creating hypertrophy and then giving you the activity that you need to change the way your body looks. So if you do zero sets to that point, sure, you could train six days a week, seven days a week, twice a day. But now you're you're spinning your wheels and you're not getting the stimulus that you actually need to make progress. And when you train that way, you don't ask me, can I do this program twice a week? Because you're like, oh, I'm so fucking beat up from training to that point of mechanical failure. So train, train wisely, train practically. Those same dudes who are like, oh, can I do this twice a week or just once? I go, no, no, train on non-consecutive days, full body, three day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, something of that nature, and get your rested, get your walking in, okay? Well, can I do push-ups on off days? I go, yeah, why, though? Because it, it's better, right? I can, get, no, it's not, it's not. You're compromising your ability to then go back into the gym and do something meaningful. Have those six movement patterns set aside. Vertical push, vertical pull, horizontal push, horizontal pull, hinge, and squat. Squat could be <clears throat> changed into the term knee flexion as opposed to squat because there are exercise, a lot of exercises, in fact, the ones I recommend the most that hit that pattern are not actual squats. Things like lunges, step-ups, uh, Bulgarian split squat, reverse, you know, reverse lunge. These are all knee flexion. So you're talking about the hinge, the knee flexion. So deadlift, uh, all forms of deadlift, good morning, kettlebell swing, 45 degree hip hyperextensions, things like this. Then you have the, the knee flexion pattern. Again, all the things I named, lunge, squat, uh, front squat, goblet squat, uh, Bulgarian split squat, reverse lunge. These, you know, those are all hitting that same pattern. You have your vertical push, which would be overhead pressing of all sorts. You have vertical pull, which would be pull up, chin up, pull down. You have horizontal push, bench press, chest press, and you have horizontal pull, rows. Those are your six patterns. Find one exercise for each day for all those patterns and do that three days a week. Full body, one, maybe two working sets. All the rest are your feeder sets or your warm-up sets, but one or two working sets where you push it into that four to eight rep range of where when you get to four, you're like, fuck. Five is you can't move it. It's moving really slow. The travel is very slow involuntarily. You're not voluntarily slowing down the path of the bar or the path of your push-up or the path of whatever. 
you're involuntarily slowing. That is the sign that there is the mechanical tension and cellular activity going on in the train, trained muscle. So you pick those exercises, one or two working sets of one exercise for all those different patterns, and do that three times a week. You can pick three different exercises to do each workout, but just hit those six patterns. That's all you need to do. And uh, don't think that you need to do crazy amounts of things. Don't scoff at full body because you're used to doing bro splits and you read about bro splits. There's actually a lot of irrefutable conclusive science to show that ketocholamines and stuff like that and all the factors that you look at to create fat loss and muscle retention, they're higher with full body. Why? Because you're getting the stimulus three times a week head to toe as opposed to like chest day and then waiting seven days to do hit the chest again. This is probably a, a very wise way to train if you are six foot two, 280 pounds and getting ready to be in the Arnold Classic. This is an, it's, an, it's a wildly stupid way to train for most people. I do not train that way. I am buffer than most people. I'm leaner than most people as an old fuck. And I don't, I train in either, either full body three days a week or upper, lower, upper, lower. Like the traditional bro splits, it's not going to work. I, I'm not a big giant mass monster where you have to have really, really high levels of detail oriented work done to specific small body parts. And even the guys who do get to that point, the guys and the gals that do get to that point, spent years building the framework with squats, deadlifts, bench press, fill in the blank. Okay. Yes, Giorgio. I was just going to say, you do it as a boomer. I do it as a boomer. I do it as a boomer. I fuck shit up as a boomer. Sleep. Training. Responsible training. Practical training. I kind of gave you a little bit of a a rubric on that. You know, six movement patterns, one exercise for each pattern. Do that three days a week. Um, and then the final one, and this is this is big, is food. Most women, most, not all, most. will panic and eat too little and be obsessive about their food and won't train hard. Most men that I work with will train like animals. Once I push them, they'll train like animals and they eat like shit. You have to recognize, I cannot tell you how many people, maybe even people listening to this or watching this right now, I can't tell you how many people will say, I don't understand. I train so hard and I'm so committed. I never miss a workout. How come I don't like the way I look? And you know what's coming next. You eat like shit. And this old adage is like, oh, I exercise so much, I don't have to worry about what I eat. Not only is that not true, the alternative is true. If you're training and you're training hard, what you eat is way more important than the average person. The average person who doesn't do resistance training at all, who has no interest on changing the way their body looks, if you just eat less of any of your bullshit, you can have your Lucky Charms for breakfast and your McDonald's for lunch and then uh, your DoorDash for dinner, whatever you get. 
as long as you just tapered that down to the point that it was you were in a caloric deficit, you'll be fine. Doesn't really matter much. If you're putting in the effort to get your sleep and recovery, to train well, to train hard and to train wisely, what you eat is fucking really important to the point that the other stuff becomes not not important at all. Yeah, seriously. If I could have a guy or a gal and I put them both on an island. Okay, and it was a TV island, so you had access to everything you wanted. The guy can do whatever the fuck he wants, no exercise. But he has to follow exactly to the calorie the food that is presented to him. Or the girl who can eat whatever she wants, but she has to train like a, 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 just an animal. Trust me, 100% of the time, after six months, the person who follows an incredibly detailed and incredibly disciplined diet will have better results. I'm talking about body fat loss. Always will have better results than the person who eats ad libitum and then trains hard. Always. Now, when you start to get to the point that you want to be someone who can carry that physique for the rest of their life, you do both. You do both. That doesn't mean you can never have a piece of pizza. It doesn't mean you can never have a beer. What it means is, is that day in and day out, you're not constantly confused about what you're going to be eating. You know exactly when and what you're going to be eating at every meal. It could be two times a day. It could be six times a day. That's inconsequential. Don't weigh yourself down with these teeny pebbles like meal frequency, like macros. Pick up the heavy rocks, your calories, your protein intake, and doing it consistently. Six months, bare minimum. Don't email me with, I'm not talking about my Patreon clients. You can email me as many times as you want. 10 times a day. I'm talking about don't hit me up on DM and be like, I've been doing it. I've, dude, I've been dieting really strong. I, I, I went and I bought fill in the blank book or this guy's program, this girl's program. And I followed this diet to a T and it's been eight days. How come I have, what's going on? No, I measure my blocks and I'm already lean. I measure my blocks in six months. Most people, abject beginners, two years. Is what we need to do for the next two years. If you can do that, things can come together. If you are obsessive about, I, it took me 22 years to become 200 pounds overweight, 70 pounds overweight. It took me 15 years to get here. How come I can not make it go away in one month? That's crazy. Georgia and I were just talking about before the show how I have so many really famous people, really, really talented, famous people. Look at, and they're like, hey, man, they said the same thing to a T, different genres, different uh, styles of art, whether they be actors, whether they be directors, whether they be rock stars, rappers. They were saying in, the, in a 20-mile radius here in L.A., there'd be uh, probably a couple hundred people who are better than me. 
but they don't have what it takes to night after night go to bed on time, drink tea instead of whiskey. You know, if you're a singer, like uh, exercise if you're an actor, not just show up on set, but show up on set not as a fat fuck, not hungover, knowing your lines all the time, showing up on time all the time. It's all that other stuff. It's just like consistency of doing all the boring crap. Kid Rock said that. I mean, we're talking about like Mr. Rockstar party lifestyle. He's like, honestly, it's most people give up. They Most people give up and they they fall in love with the, the quick shit. And, they, and it's like, if I had a flop, I had a flop record, it's like, okay, back to business. And he, and he, and he played every day. I told the story about how, and this is a true story. I mean, I, I hope, I say this to motivate people, right? Even though it has maybe, you don't want to be a musician. I'm talking about like, keep your eye on the prize. I used to work, one of my shittiest jobs right when I graduated high school was I was a night manager at a uh, rehearsal studio. And I thought it was going to be awesome. I thought it was going to be a bunch of rock stars. But I was the night watchman, so it sucked because it was a bunch of like tweakers and, and, and dudes who lived there when no one was looking. You know, they'd be sleeping in studios. And there were always these dorks there. They were nice, but they they just they played all day into two in the morning, and then they go home, and then I'd see them signing the books at like seven in the morning, and they were all, and I was like, those guys are crazy, and they wore little fucking video game t-shirts and comic book t-shirts and pimply faces and shit. It was fucking system of a down. I moved to San Francisco. A month after having that job, and I'm listening to like uh, those collab tapes or those like you know pass around tapes in like the metal world, and I'm flipping through seat and I'm like, "Holy, look at these fucking guys!" And next thing I know, they're on Ozfest, and I was like, "Uh, fuck yeah, good for them." You know why? Every other band that I saw come through those doors, they did, they just gave up or they broke up or they didn't, they didn't, they didn't hit, so they. Those guys just kept rehearsing. They just kept rehearsing and getting better. And they were fucking the system of downs. Even if you're not into hard rock, system of downs legends. They're fucking legends. Toxicity sold like nine gajillion records. Wake up! Like my dad will hear that shit. He'd be like, "Wake up! Wake up! on the table." So my point being is like, yeah, I can I can tell you advice right now. Next month, you can lose 40 pounds. It's not going to mean a f- shit. It's not going to mean fuck all. Because it's just like if you wanted to have a hit record, me putting a karaoke track under you and putting it out there. Yeah, I can make it seem like it's happening. It's not happening. If you really want to do it, it's all this consistency with, with boring bullshit. Thank you. Thank you again to Giorgio. Bet online. South of the border. Uh, first attachment. And if you're interested in some more detailed help and also just some extra information, I like to put up pretty weekly. I put up a lot of the bonus pod, blog posts, information, links to articles that I found interesting or helpful. That is all at my Patreon. I will put a link in the show notes below. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. Remember, I do be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.